Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Coffee Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Miller, and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode today. And I have a very amazing guest, which we'll get into in just a moment. But as always, if you're a caregiver entrepreneur and you're struggling with trying to find a healthy balance between caregiving for your loved one and building your business and not neglecting your self-care and trying to ease your stress when those medical emergencies happen, I want to help you. I want to talk to you. So let's talk. Let's have a free 30-minute support call, caregiver support call. The link's in the description box, wherever you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and you can get all the details there. So, but anyway, moving on to the episode. Today, I have my fellow entrepreneur and dear friend, Becky Lee. And Becky is a published author. She has her brand new book, Finding Dolly, that is out now. So be sure to check it out on Amazon and please leave her a kind review because this is Becky's first book. And Becky and I met actually, guys, three years ago in the same mastermind. Shout out to Faith Mariah, our dear business coach and colleague and friend that we love so much. Um, and Becky and I just really bonded too because we both had had um, personal caregiving journeys. I was right in the throes when we met of my husband being diagnosed with epilepsy and learning to care for him and being a new mom to a one-year-old, hello. And then Becky had had, had just gone through dealing with care, caring for her mother who had dementia and some other health issues. And she was struggling with being a mom and a wife and caring for her um, mother and for her aging parents. So that was a struggle, but we bonded over that. So anyway, Becky, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited. I have been so excited about this episode because, oh my gosh, when you told me that your book was going to drop, I was like, holy cow, we have to get you on the podcast, <laughs> show you some love, and give you a chance to share about that, which we will do a little bit later. But um, as a but I know you know personally as a caregiver, finding that healthy balance can be a struggle when you're Definitely. stressed out and concerned about your caregiver, about caring for a sick loved one trying to meet the needs as a wife and a mother. But then for us, we have the unique spin though too of being entrepreneurs. So then right. we have that responsibility to our audience, to our clients, to um, for you, your readers, right? Um, because it is a form of self-care. I love how you've right. taken this spin of writing, reading as a form, as a huge form of self-care because when we yeah. started our journeys, we were right in the thick of needing some really big self-care and and hope and encouragement because we were dealing with the 2020 pandemic. Right. So, but anyway, could you tell our listeners who um, who are not obviously probably familiar with you and your work um, a little bit about your story and I'll definitely include about the timeline with your business there about kind of what all transpired to get you from back then to not being sure you were going to be an author to <laughs> now a published author. Sure. Um, yeah, it was a long journey. It was. Um, it started with my mom, probably, uh, let me think here, probably about 2010 or 2011 and, um, very beginning of her journey with dementia. And I spent three years. And at that point it was just like going by and picking her up and having her pick up my kids from school with me, taking her to doctor's appointments. Um, that was the extent of the involvement at that point. And then um, I went to work for three years in a library and loved it. And I would still go by, grab mom afterwards to pick up the kids from school. She enjoyed 
um, getting out and keeping in touch with my kids. And so that was an important piece. But then after three years of that, my sister and I realized that we needed to be more involved. And so I quit my job and became one of mom's more full-time caregivers. And we were able to do that for probably another three years. And each year got progressively more. And we did have paid caregivers that were with us as well. Um, and she lived with my aunt, her sister, my mom's sister during all of this. So there was five of us that were pouring into mom during this time. And <clears throat> excuse me, it was really hard to balance being a wife, being a mom, trying to, I had a, I had a blog at that point, trying to get things out on the blog and, you know, being with, being available for my kids, um, because both were in band. And so being available for their stuff and my self-care just took a dive and reading was definitely a huge part of my journey because books have always been important, but being able to slide into a book and escape to somewhere else was so important to me. And um, mom passed away in, I guess it was March of 2020. It was literally like a few days before the world shut down. And it, God's timing is just amazing because with her dementia, there's no way she would have understood why we couldn't visit her. Mm -hmm. And it would have been so painful and horrible for everybody. And so while it was hard, it was an amazing blessing that that was her timing and that we were able to give her as much as we could for as long as we, as long as she needed it. And so as soon as mom passed away, the world shut down and it was an interesting time for yeah, there was zero expectations on me because I couldn't do anything other than be at home and take care of myself. And um, I had a kid at college at that point, the son finishing up high school. And so it was, I finally was able to take care of me. And it was during that time that I started my book club. And it was just a few people, a few other women who wanted to escape into books. And so every month I picked a different destination. I picked a couple of books and we talked to the author. And so each month we would go somewhere else. <laughs> and it was at a time where we couldn't travel. And so it was fun to go there in our books. It was fun to talk to the author. They were excited to talk to people because they couldn't get out and do anything. <coughs> Excuse me. And so it worked and it was a lot of fun. And it was a creative effort that worked for a lot of different reasons. And um, at, during that same period, I wound up starting a podcast just because I enjoy talking. And so it was fun to talk to more people, you know? And so over the course, I'm in the third year of the book club and the podcast right now. And so over the course of the last two and a half years, um, I think I've spoken to about I don't know, a hundred authors or so. 
and learned, just talked about their journey and how they became an author, how they write. <coughs> Excuse me. And it never occurred to me that I should be an author. That wasn't really in the back of my mind, curiously, because I've, you know, listened to all these authors who come at their journey of being an author from so many different places that it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you have a writing background or not. It doesn't matter if you've always wanted to be an author or not. These women that I spoke to came at it from all different places and they all wind up with a published book in their hands, which I, I found amazing. And I still wasn't thinking, oh, I should be an author. <laughs> and, and so one day, well, it was like three o'clock in the morning, I get this idea for a book and I'm just sitting there like, you know, number one, why does it have to come at three o'clock in the morning? And it was one of those <laughs> ideas that wouldn't leave. And so I had to get up, write, write everything down that I knew, and then I could go back to sleep. But until I got it out of my head, I wasn't able to go back to sleep. So I get up the next morning and one of the authors that I had met during the past two and a half years, I called her up and I was like, so I got this idea last night. Tell me if this, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I told her about it and she's like, well, I think you should write it. I'd read it. <laughs> and I was like, but I don't know how to write. And even after hearing all these authors talk for the past two and a half years, that they didn't know how to write when they first started it still hit me I don't know how to write <laughs> and, and so she's like just start just put down everything that you know right now and then we'll figure out the next step and that's what we did and that was the beginnings of my finding dolly book and um, I knew that there was a young woman whose mother had had dementia and before she died her mother wanted her to find dolly and so for a good chunk of the book, she's thinking she's supposed to find Dolly Parton because her mom was a huge Dolly Parton fan and her mom had lived in Nashville. And she's thinking, why in the heck am I supposed to find Dolly Parton? What? what? <laughs> Who goes and finds Dolly Parton, you know? And um, which is funny because right now Dolly Parton's probably everywhere. So it'd be easier. <laughs> but, but back when I got the idea, that wasn't quite the case because you know everything was still not open like it is now and um so I I just started writing I joined a writer's group and learned learned how to write because I didn't know how to do it and um even after six years of having a blog I knew how to write a blog but I didn't know how to write a story and um so it was fun and so that's how I got from there to here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you shared that you were around, you saturated yourself with the podcast, your podcast and talking with all these authors and, and you saw how they had done it. You know, they were in the same shoes as you, no prior writing history, you know, or business history. And yet they ended up becoming a published author and you were, you were observing this, but you still could not compete it didn't in your yet. brain. Yeah. yeah, it didn't yeah. And I thought that it was so interesting that um, it took you getting an idea just that would not go away 
which mm-hmm. is a, for entrepreneurs that I think is a is a big idea is what really happens. It's a good clue for where you're supposed to be going. Exactly, yeah. we get this idea, and I resonate that so much. I when I started my business three years ago, I had a blog too, and I need and I had it. It was like four different topics in the span of like four months. And my coach, <laughs> our coach was like, you need to niche down. You need to niche down. You need to niche down. It took me a whole quarter. Then I finally did it. And I went, you know, like, it took I me years. My, so yeah, I, yeah, I, get I, that. I thought I, I had my perfect niche or perfect topic for those of you who are right. not in the entrepreneurial world, what that means, niche or topic, what you are choosing to teach or share right. about or educate about. And it's interesting. I went with that for a year and a half and I, but then after stopping, pausing and realizing maybe this isn't, I'm having a bit of a disconnect and this isn't serving or I'm not serving the, the people that I'm supposed to. Right. Oh my gosh, doing that pivot has been the best thing. And now I'm going a whole different direction too. I, I really thought I would go because of my experience as a first professional caregiver. And now obviously a personal caregiver over right. the last three years, I would be targeting family caregivers. And so not to say that that's not a, a good thing, but they're not lots of times not ready. I've got to, I had to get to burnout mode before I was ready. And obviously with running a business, mm-hmm. I need to be paid for my work and my time, right. you know, cause we're running a business and yeah. yes, it is to serve and help others because that's our passion with any career. But at the same time, we do have to look at our bottom line. Are we generating enough ROI to move the needle forward and provide for our families? And right. so it never occurred to me <laughs> to go towards caregiver entrepreneurs. I was like, oh, that's what? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I, but same kind of thing, like what you were saying, I was resonating with that. That once the, once my coach, one of my Christian life coaches, um, messed with that idea, it would not go away out of my head either. And I've just well, been running with it. And I and think I that's interesting. That. Yeah. One of the things that I found with our caregiving journey that not everybody has is community. And because we had five of us that were, doing the job, we had our own little community that we could, you know, be talked to all the time about what we were going through. And not everybody has that. Not everybody has the luxury of hiring people to help or have a sibling that is in the journey with them, you know, or have, you know, a facility that is helping with part of the journey. I, not everybody has that and having a community, whether it's helping with your caregiving piece or your entrepreneur piece, having a community of like-minded people who encourage you is so important. Absolutely. And I, and I love that because just being on the entrepreneur side, that is a isolating journey of itself because people yeah. are like, what, you're going to quit your job. You're going to go for this and you have no price, especially if for both of you and I, we don't have any prior experience in our industry. Right. And so our families thought we were crazy. Um, that's okay. All good. That's okay. All good. Um, but yet it's just something that we're just ingrained into us that we really want to do. And again, you know, we invested in face program. We got around like-minded people that way. And then now we're spinning what we want to share about and giving that community to somebody else. And that is right. so important. And I think with, and that's the thing with um, kind of where I'm at, I think it's so interesting how I've been blessed to have a great community come alongside me when I've been dealing with my um, entrepreneur journey, but the caregiving bit is what I've missed. And so but I, and I really feel like I think what it's taught me, what I'm really kind of realizing is that this business has given me something that's me, that's my own. 
and something that is for me in the midst of chaos. Okay. Right. So I, even when right. you, cause I think that's important as a caregiver period, or whenever you're going through a hard season, you need something that is yours. That's a form yeah. of self-care. So it's easy to lose yourself when you're yeah. caregiving. It's so you easy to lose something yourself. That's mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. Amen. And so I think for me, and I think for both of us, I think you'd agree, Becky, our businesses have become that kind of self-care because it's something that's right. ours. It's something we can pour our heart into. It's something we can identify with that's still connected to us, even yeah. though the caregiving world or the caregiving world does kind of tend to over overtake everything. It right. does. So I think for care for entrepreneurs or for those of you who are listening and maybe been playing around with being an entrepreneur, life doesn't stop. Okay. Yeah. When you choose to be an entrepreneur, life still happens. Your loved ones will still get sick. And I want to be able yeah. to be in that corner for you guys as you're shifting that and dealing with exactly. that. Because I have the medical background and that's a leg up I have with being a former healthcare worker for 15 years as a CNA. I don't know everything, obviously, but I can help you create some systems to be able to balance it all. Okay. And yeah. in a way that's right for you, because here's the thing, whatever you do for self-care, it's, it's individualistic self-care, the word self, it's individualistic to you. What well, works for Becky is not going to hundred percent work for me. For, and for women, me. we tend to be givers versus takers and feeling like we're doing things for ourselves. It feels selfish sometimes. And I know for me, when I was full on in the caregiving, I was horrible at doing anything self-care. And I've, I paid the price for it. And after mom passed away, I had all kinds of doctors and dentists and eye doctors and all of that, that I had to catch up on because I had been neglecting it for, you know, a couple of years easily. And when I, when I had the time, it was all shut down. So I still couldn't deal with it. So (laughs) it was a challenge, right? Yeah. So Think about that um, in your caregiver entrepreneur journey, in your motherhood journey, whatever role you want to insert there, guys, self, self-care, okay? Whether it's reading books to escape and just get, you know, just have a few minutes to not think about all the stress, Everything, whether it is yeah. going after this God-given talent or dream that's in your heart that you will, that will not leave you alone until you maybe have to wake up at like, like you did at 3 a.m. and write it all out. Exactly. Or you, or you have this wild idea of like, of, of just being brave and pivoting. Um, Cause I had the same niche guys for like a year and a half, two years. And so it was, it's been kind of daunting being three years in now, my business actually turns three years old this month. Um, and exciting. so, or actually this month it turned three years at the beginning of May, it turned three years old. So, you know, being said like, Oh, maybe I'm just not trying hard enough. And then, but, but taking that leap of faith, and mm-hmm. actually pivoting has been the best thing I do. And sometimes you have to do that, guys, whether that's in your caregiving journey of asking for help, whether that's in your entrepreneur journey of just shifting and trying something, there's unknowns. Yeah. You can't control it. You can't control everything, but it is on us that we do control what we can. And that is taking care of ourselves. That is maybe yeah. just listening to that intuition and making that scary step with the business if that's what we are needing to do. And in our caregiving journey, if it might mean asking for help, you know, asking for home health help, asking for hospice services, asking family yeah. or friends and setting some boundaries to saying, hey, y'all, I cannot do this alone. I need some help because I'm at critical burnout mode and I need some help. I cannot do this. This is way too much sensory overload for me to do yeah. by myself. So it's very important, guys, that you think about when I, again, when you think about self-care, self, you have to come first 
so you can show up for your loved one so you can show up for your business. So it's really hard setting boundaries. I think that was an important thing that you said. It's it's really hard, especially on the caregiving side, setting boundaries. And part of that is having a community and letting other people help mm-hmm. so that whoever it is that needs needs the care still gets it, but you're able to take care of yourself. And right. it's hard. It is hard. And and because going back to the pandemic, my struggle too was everything was shut down and I couldn't find anything on the market now. I mean, there's more now than there was back then because I think of COVID, more people are coming out of the work work because the health problems that were brewing before they're shut down, they couldn't be addressed. And so now it's worse. And then we have the people who are unfortunately dealing with long-term COVID Mm -hmm. and they're now chronically ill and their loved ones or friends are now having to become caregivers. So we're seeing more caregivers, we're seeing an uptake also in people who are sick chronically unfortunately mm-hmm. so it's coming out of the work work and people are having to shift and go you know do make choices like we did because of extenuating circumstances um maybe becoming an online entrepreneur or, or right. doing using to work for a company maybe where they are doing a remote job full time from home so they have that flexibility to meet right. the need of their loved one and that's and there's nothing wrong with that so um community is so important and it's so it interesting really for me um, the mastermind that we were in has really become my family, another family mm-hmm. for me, and still continues to be to this day. Yeah. Um, because when we were shut down, I couldn't find something in my demographic for being under 65, having a one-year-old and caregiving for a spouse, you know, that was under the age of 65. He was only in his early 50s when he got sick. And the group, y'all, I mean, we really bonded. I mean, Becky, especially, she really yeah. stepped it up for me. And was a light and just really encouraging. And she still is, you know, she, you know, so I'm, so um, I really appreciate to have people like that in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Becky had also even been too, when I was touring around with the blog, Becky has done so much work with SEO and writing. So she did help me with that. I didn't end up going that route, but it was still nice to have someone else's brain to pick and understand. So entrepreneur mentors, coaches, um, self-care. I'm doing a 16-week intensive and and coinciding with a year-long program with one of my Christian life coaches. So I want to say that there's no shame in investing money, putting down money on your self-care against self. So whether that's for building your business, you need a wiser head than someone that you, whether that is self-care, spiritual self-care, mental self-care, emotional self-care, physical self-care. So do do you need a trainer? Maybe a membership for a gym, things are opening up. So you have that accountability of seeing other people at the gym, sweating it out for 20 minutes like you are. Yeah. Whatever you need to do, I just want you guys to think about as we're shifting out of May, heading into June, this is a good time to kind of reset, rethink, and revamp your self-care as we're kind yeah. of shifting. Definitely. So, yeah. So Becky, um, obviously your progression for kind of how you realized you hit kind of burnout first. I did this too. I went in to diagnose all of 2021 with my IBS and then I didn't, yeah. and then 2022 was recovery. So, cause same thing, I did not take care of myself in 2020 either. So yep. how can we give some tips to our listeners tomorrow? Maybe they can, whether it's maybe give um, a little junket a little bit either way for like the caregiver side and the entrepreneur side, what can they do to, for some simple shifts some simple action steps to, um, move the needle forward with their life in terms of maybe their dreams and aspirations and, and not feeling shame for it, but also just taking care of themselves. Yeah, either way, on either end of the spectrum, you have to take care of yourself because you're no good to your family as a caregiver if yeah. you're burned out and not taking care of yourself. And you are certainly not good 
for your clients if you don't take care of yourself. Right. Either. Yeah. I, I, one of the best things I would say is to, when you see the need to take a break, take it because your body tells you and don't feel guilty about it. Just do it. And, you know, if you have to ask someone to come over so you can go take a walk or whatever, you know, do what you need to do. But, um, but if, when you know it's time to take a break, take it. And you don't have to, self-care doesn't have to be, you know, a day at the spa or going away, or it doesn't have to be anything expensive or complicated or anything like that. It can be um, sitting at your dining room table with a friend, having a cup of tea. It can be going out in your neighborhood and taking a walk. And, you know, if you've got little ones, pushing a stroller with them or something, you know, um, try to embrace the moments as they come up because they don't last. And whether, you know, it's the kid part of it, your kid, you know, both my kids are now out of the house and I did miss a lot of moments because of the caregiving journey, but I also embraced a lot of the moments that I did have. So take the moments when they're offered and embrace them, um, both on the caregiving side and the parenthood side. On the business side, take small steps because you can't do everything at once. There's always gonna be people ahead of you, but there's also always gonna be people behind you who feel like it's never the right time to start. It's, it's never going to be the perfect time to start. I can tell you that. So just take a step, take a small step and move the needle forward, even if it's just a little bit. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And one thing I've been, I like how you talked about there about moments. We moved in with my dad two years ago, um, yeah. following my mother's own chronic death after 50 years of chronic illness. And I am, even though it's been crazy caring, needing to care for some challenges that my dad's dealing with and obviously continual challenges with my husband's um, right. epileptic journey with his seizures, he's still not stabilized, unfortunately. Right. Um, I'm so thankful that we get to live with my dad because we get more time with him yeah. this way by me being his caregiver. And I have no regret because, you know, we did the same. Dad was mom's primary caregiver up until she passed away. I mean, obviously towards the end, they incorporated home health and then hospice, right. you know, you need that. And I'm yes. going to leverage those either way too, for both my husband and my dad, mm -hmm. when we get to that season, hopefully Lord is not for years to come, right. but still, you know what I mean? Um, but having the chance for my daughter to wake up every morning and get to say good morning to her grandfather or good night every night. Yeah. That is so beautiful. She's it getting is. more time with, cause she's, and she's getting more time with her grandpa than she did, with, unfortunately with her grandma, because, yeah. you know, she was, she was, she was only two when she passed mm -hmm. two or three, you know, two, yeah, you know, she, she was, was two when she, she was very away. young. Yeah. So she was little, you know, two, almost three when she passed away. So, um, so the fact that she's getting the chance, she was almost three, cause it was in the fall. She passed away in September of 2021. So yeah, so she was only two, almost three. Yeah. So the fact that she's getting to the chance to get this more, more time with her grandpa, I think is very special. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it, is it challenging? Yeah. Is mm -hmm. it kind of a little noisy sometimes for my dad who's used to quiet? Yeah. yeah. 
but at the same time, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't regret it. Yeah. This is his one granddaughter. You know, exactly. And he yeah. gets to see her every single day. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. They get to play together. They get to, mm-hmm. um, uh, he gets to be involved. Like when, like on Fridays, she has her speech appointments. And so it's so cute. She, she'll come back home and, um, she'll, um, tell her grandfather, what teacher, her and teacher Jenny talked about, you know, or she, what she did uh, in class. And so she's like, how'd she do? Well, you know, tell me what, what was the, what's the latest, you know, he gets to be involved in that on a really more intimate basis. It's not just a phone call over the phone. Mm-hmm. We're physically coming home to our shared home. Well, and just the energy of a child is good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that right there, I think is good. Um, healthy vibes yeah Yeah. exactly exactly yeah 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 it's hard listen Mm -hmm. it's you're gonna have and and I want to say too like even that when we're talking about self-care here's the other thing to important to remember too guys is that you're gonna have hard days Mm -hmm. you're gonna have days where you're angry you're gonna have days where you're frustrated and overwhelmed you're gonna have days where you're where you want to cry and you want to throw a brick at the window (laughs) those moments happen okay I'm not saying that those moments won't happen but I do want you to have a healthy foundation, guys, is what we're saying is have a healthy foundation for some things you can fall back on. Right. On the entrepreneur side, we have our systems we can fall back on, you know, automation, you know, just having a system for how we like to get things done that makes sense to our brains so we can keep going and we don't feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed because like, I don't know what I'm doing. Same thing is true with our caregiving and our, and our, um, and our uh, self-care, you know, yeah. just having those things we can lean back into. And if you know, um, with your business, with your caregiving, with your, you know, with your family, if you know, with your self-care, a few things that work in, you know, like what's your five minute tasks, what's your 10 minute task, what's your half an hour. So that if you have that time, you don't have to think about how should I spend it? You know, you know what, for five minutes, I can go take a walk and that's going to help me mentally or for five minutes, I can write an email and that's going to help my business. Or for five minutes, I can do the dishes and that's going to help my family or, you know, know the things that are going to help you in all the different places of your life that are going to help you move forward. And so you don't have to waste energy thinking about things. Yeah. Your brain likes to keep you safe. It does Mm -hmm. not like to put out energy and it does not like to, you know, we've learned this the hard way. We did so much and Becky and I both have had the upper hand, of course, of doing so much inner work with our uh, business coach, which I'm thankful for because you need Mm -hmm. that. I, that mentality is very paramount to being a caregiver or excuse me, to being an entrepreneur, but Mm -hmm. it is paramount to being an entrepreneur or to caregiver also being a caregiver also too. Cause you know, you have those days where you just are down in the trenches, having some hard seasons and you just do not know if you can keep going, but it's a marathon. Here's the thing. We're not saying to go out and run a 26 mile marathon right out the gate and change everything that's going to cause burnout and overmount in and of itself right so today what is one thing it's monday guys so what is one thing that you want to do today and then be consistent with throughout the rest of the week yeah. one thing is it maybe just drinking um figuring out computing your ounces of water and going after starting with drinking more water that's is it one. doing i call them 15 minute breaks 15 minute breaks, you know, when you check in every now and then 15 minute break, are you hangry? Go get something to eat. Are you thirsty? Is your bottle empty? Go refill it. Do you need it? Has it been a while since you've gotten up and moved? Go take a 15 minute walk or maybe just get up and move and dance to some music in the house with your children. Maybe it's, um, uh, 
doing one task around the home, you know, breaking it down to, you know, maybe take 15 minutes, at least do one thing, unload the dishwasher and reload it. So that's one thing off your plate or habit stack. That's another thing. Habit stack for me, my time with the Lord is very important, but with everything I have going on, it's easy to let that slip. So one rule I've done, I've been doing since July of last year is I come into my office, at least on weekdays, weekends, it's a little different and that's okay, but I still have the structure. I still get it done. But, um, for weekdays, anyway, I come in, I have my tumbler of water. I have my cup of tea. I do my devotional. I spend 30 to oh, 30 minutes to an hour to do devotional. Nice. And then I go, then, then I go into work for the day. Yeah. And that's I do a good that way to do it. First, because it sets the tone for my day. Exactly. And that's a good thing. Quiet. <laughs> it's quiet. My you office. don't get a lot of that when I you've got little door. ones around so, running around. Yeah. And for me working I, I'm freshest when I'm in the morning mm-hmm. so it does mean I get up at five or six in the morning but and I have my office hours for in the morning but it's it works for twofold reasons one I'm freshest it's quiet I can focus I can shut the door and two it takes some burden off my family because they're sleeping anyway exactly I can I can work and I'm not stressed about who's watching Linda oh does daddy need anything is my husband right ready? you know what I mean so yeah. how does stack that way too? When is, when are you freshest? Mm-hmm. Are you a late night owl or uh, early bird? Like I am. Um, yeah. When do you need to get in that journaling time? Maybe if you don't practice the faith, maybe it's just even just having 15 to 30 minutes to journal. Maybe mm-hmm. first thing, maybe getting up early to sip on that cup of water, sip on that tea or coffee and having that time to just journal yeah. and then look at your tasks for the day or look at your Google calendar to see what you have coming up. Maybe that's when you need our best to do it. Or maybe right. first thing in the morning, um, having the non-negotiable thing that you do X, Y, and Z in the kitchen, you know, like you run a load of laundry. My rule is like, if the hamper's three quarters to all the way full, I'm running, I'm running a load. It might yeah. mean I do three to four loads throughout the week, but I'm in a season. Unlike when I, before I had children and before, and, and when I used to work in healthcare, I would get two days off a week. So the first day would be a work day, laundry, pay bills, new errands. Exactly. Rest and do fun things, but I'm not in that season anymore. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So how can you tweak it? How can you tweak how your system of, of what you did before to make sense for the season that you're in now? Right. So. All right, Becky, we've talked about your lovely finding Dolly book that is available on Amazon. So y'all I will include a link in the description below. So do go show my girl some love, but where else can we find more Becky Lee? I am on um, at Facebook. I have a Facebook page. It's uh, Becky Lee author. I have a website. It's not great yet. Um, but the biggest thing that's on there is a way to sign up for my newsletter. That's also BeckyLeeAuthor.com. Sign up for my newsletter and I usually send an email every other week. And just keep you, I usually give book recommendations, talk about behind the scenes of what's going on with my writing, um, how I thought of characters or places that they visit or that kind of thing. And then when books are coming out. So I have a free book that'll be out in June if you're on my mailing list. So if you'd like to get a free book, um, come join my email list and uh, I'll send it to you as soon as it's published. So. That's awesome. And uh, Finding Dolly, um, how many books are going to be in this series? Is this There's, there's going to the be three one. books. That's the first one. There's going to be three books plus the free one. And the free one is kind of a prequel to 
Finding Dolly, although it would probably be more fun to read it after you've read Finding Dolly because you meet um, Grace's mom in Finding Dolly and then Rescuing Hope is about Grace's mom and her story. So oh, interesting story. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, and then what was what was the third book about then? So the second and third book um, are about Grace's friends, Brina and Jillian, and they both each have their own um, their own story. Oh, neat! I love it. Yeah. So there'll I be a total it. of four books. Um, the prequel, which is Rescuing Hope, is uh, it's not a full length novel. It's going to be somewhere around twenty five thousand words. It's not a full-length novel. Okay, it's, gotcha. I think a novella at that at that level of uh, words. But, um, it's a fun <coughs> story. So. Yeah. So when are the rest of the books going to drop? Finding Dolly just dropped. Um, what's the timeline for the rest of your books? Are so they going to all be out in the rest of this year, do you think? They will be out this year. Um, Rescuing Hope is out at the end of next month, June, end of June. And that is the prequel. That's Hope's... Uh, or excuse me, Grace's mom. And again, if you're on my email list, that one is free. End of July, I have Dating Brina out. And then in October, I'll have Discovering Jillian coming out. Ooh, guys, y'all, if you're not following Becky and you haven't gotten, even just gotten Finding Dolly, go read it and start start reading now. It's so you'll be story. ready to go for the rest of these books, guys. It's going to be amazing. I have so. a, a few different books for you coming throughout the year. So if you need a few escapes to Nashville, I'll have you. So Yeah, awesome. Becky, um, before we go, one last question for you. Yes, um, ma'am. What is something that we have talked about either in our conversation today that's personally inspired you in your journey or maybe something that actually has happened in your journey, some, some other little takeaway that maybe someone else shared with you or just stuck out to you and has just resonated with you as you've been going through not only the caregiving side or the motherhood side or even the entrepreneurial side, but what is something that you could just share as kind of a little testament of hope with our listeners before we close out? One of the things that really has stuck out to me is like the way that I got my story it, it was given to me. And I, even though I have never written a book before, it was all inside of me already, you know? And so trusting ourselves during our journey, whether it's the caregiving, the self-care, the business, trusting that you know what to do and that what you do is right. And not wasting too much time or energy or stress on being in indecision because you'll make the right decisions and it's okay to trust yourself. I love that. So listen to what Becky just said, y'all <laughs> trust yourself. Okay? Yeah. You're a good mom. You're a good spouse. You're a good coach, author, mentor, whatever you choose to put yeah. in there. If you're not, or if you're an aspiring or current business owner, or if you're pivoting, like I am, I'm still a coach. I'm just shifting to who I coach. That's fine. If you're, and you're still a good caregiver, mm -hmm. okay, your family is your family and you were given them for a reason and you're a good person. Okay. No one's perfect. Okay. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to flop, but you are a good person and, and everything else. One of the things that was really hard during the caregiving part is not knowing all the answers. And because I'm a big planner and I 
like to plan what's going to happen for the, you know, the next year, the next, you know, we couldn't plan for the next day. And we had to learn to trust. We called it the light in front of our feet. And sometimes it was a very small window of light. Sometimes it was a little bit bigger, but knowing that whatever we knew to be true would be in that light. And that gave us whatever our next step was. Mm-hmm. So it might be a really small step. It might be a bigger step, but trusting the light in front of our feet will take us in the right direction. Right. And I just want to encourage you guys, whatever y'all believe. I mean, for me, I believe in God and that's mm-hmm. been my strong rock through so many hard seasons, even before the, I got married and this whole caregiving with my parents and, and my husband and being a mother and an entrepreneur happened. There are some other hard things I went through and that has gone through me. So Maybe that for your self-care, if you do practice a faith, but you've gotten off of it, maybe this is the time to reconnect with that. Or yeah. if you aren't, um, if you don't practice a certain faith, maybe it is still time to do some inner work. There's a lot of good journaling resources out there, meditations, visual meditations that can just really help you unpack some stuff. Even just having someone to talk to, even if it, if, even if it isn't necessarily a coach, I do recommend counseling. I know a lot of people get, yeah. you know, it gets a lot of rap, but a counselor or a therapist is awesome guys because they're trained to handle handle traumatic and stressful situations. They can give you referrals if you do need medication or other things. You know, med- and medication's not bad. I was on it for a couple of years when yeah. I was in my early twenties and I dealt with stress, stress and ang- yeah. stress and depression. And also too, um, uh, they're neutral. You know, the probably the problem sometimes when we're trying to talk to family or friends is they're really close to the situation, mm-hmm. and that doesn't help. I mean, you know, you, you want that support, but they're too close to the situation or biased. Whereas a counselor or a therapist, or even a coach or mentor like me or somebody else, they're separate from that situation. And they're, and they have different skills and they're listening through a different lens. And so they can look at it in a neutral way to help you. Okay. With it's still with compassion and help. I mean, that's why they're there. That's why they do what they do, or that's why they should be doing what they're doing, but it's a neutral and it neutralizes it and makes it a little bit easier for you. Yeah. There's no judgment there. So exactly. No one needs extra bad vibes or judgment, prejudgment. That doesn't help us at all. Whether caregiving motherhood, you know, that's a whole can of worms in itself. We'll say that for Amen, girl. Anyway, <laughs> Becky, thank you so much for being my guest this week on the Caregiver Coffee Chat podcast. And guys, go get Finding Dolly, get on Becky's email list so, and follow her on her social media on Facebook and Instagram. That information will be in the description boxes below wherever you're watching this or listening to this. And guys, if you are struggling with being a caregiver entrepreneur, you're not alone. I want to help you. So yeah. let's have a conversation there, you know, so the link is below to schedule a free 30 minute caregiver support call with me and stay tuned. Season three is just getting underway for the podcast. There's a lot of good stuff coming. I don't know everything that's going to happen guys, but there's just some good things happening. So definitely make sure that you're liking, subscribing, and turning on those notifications. So you don't miss an episode and we'll see you again in the next episode of the Caregiver Coffee Chat Podcast. Becky, thanks again, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care, guys.